Thank you for carving out time to pray with me. Let's get these blessings started. I'm your host, Pamela Staten, and it's a daily podcast. So let us pray in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear God, as I begin this day, let me turn my thoughts to you and ask your help in guiding me in everything I say and do. Give me the patience that I need to keep my peace of mind. And with life's cares, I hope, dear God, some happiness to find. Let me live but for today, not worrying what's ahead. For I have trust that you will see I get my daily bread. Give me courage to face life's trials and not from troubles run. Let me keep this thought in mind. Thy will, not mine, be done. And if some wish I do not get, though I have prayed to thee, help me to believe and understand you know what's best for me. I've failed you many times, I know, but when tonight I rest, I hope that I can kneel and say, Dear God, I've tried my best. Amen. At the end of this podcast, listeners, they may jump in with a jarring ad. So I'm going to allow some time at the end of the podcast for us to settle down, you know, and let everything resonate in before uh, they bombard us. So remember, we're entering into the Holy Spirit realm and just let the Lord talk to you today and every day. So from forward day by day, they say, John chapter six, verse 27. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life, which the son of man will give you. Jesus teaches us as an important lesson about what perishes and what endures. Jesus asked the crowd, he asked us to look beyond and beneath the surface. Just as we go to a friend's house, not just for a delicious dinner, but for loving company, we are nourished by Jesus and with the food of his spirit and presence. John 6, verse 30 So they said to him, What sign are you going to give us then, so that we may see it and believe it? What work are you performing? Well, listeners, we are like the crowd who, after being fed loaves and fishes, asked Jesus for a sign. He was there, but they didn't really see, didn't believe. So when they asked to receive the bread of heaven, always, Jesus has to remind them that he is the bread of life. To reach for that bread of life means that we will never be hungry, never be thirsty. All we need to do is look beneath the surface of Christ, who is present always with us, 
and we will find eternal life. Amen. John chapter 6 verse 44 says, No one can come to me unless drawn by the Father who sent me, and I will raise that person up on the last day. Well, listeners, sometimes the surface can hide more than we might guess. Those who complained about Jesus assumed that because they knew Joseph and Mary, he was just an ordinary person. Yes, he was flesh and blood, but more than that, he was the Son of God, willing to sacrifice his mortal body for the life of the world. Jesus sees beneath who we think we are. He looks past the surface into our real selves. So we too need to hear and learn to look deeper so that we may open the door to eternal life. Amen. And now In Touch Magazine. It says, what keeps you from loving others? Paul penned a beautiful description of biblical love in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4, and then concluded, when I became a man, I did away with childish things. I believe childish thinking is a hidden enemy of loving relationships. When we are young, a mental grid forms in the mind and we interpret life through it. And over time, that grid changes as some ideas are dropped and others are incorporated. The same is true for us spiritually listeners. As we mature, our mental framework should increasingly be shaped by scripture, and that includes our understanding of love. Childish, self-seeking ideas of love must be replaced with truths about mature love that wants what's best for others. That's mature love. Our relationship with God can also be affected by childish thinking. We may believe that his love is dependent on our performance, or we could mistakenly assume that God is withholding love if he doesn't fulfill our desires. That is faulty thinking, and it is definitely hindering your ability to love and to be loved. By putting away your immature beliefs, you will be freed to experience God's unconditional love and to express Christ-like love to others. Let's work on that, showing Christ-like love to others. Stay right there. We'll be right back. Listeners, salvation is an ongoing blessing. Some people think of salvation as a single point in time. And it's true that the moment trust is placed in Jesus, a person permanently becomes a member of God's family. But limiting the definition to that single faith decision gives an incomplete picture. 
Salvation includes three parts. Number one, justification. The moment our sins are forgiven and Christ's perfect righteousness is imputed to us. Second, sanctification. The process of becoming increasingly righteous in life. And third, glorification the completion of the process when we were made perfectly sinless at the resurrection. So remember, salvation includes three parts, justification, sanctification, and glorification. It is the ideal package. Those who are justified are being sanctified and will be glorified. We can't claim that we're saved in sanctification if it's not happening in our lives. The degree of godliness and fruitfulness varies from each individual, but God has promised to complete the good work that he began in our life. Read Philippians chapter 1. Listeners, Jesus is our master because he purchased us from sin with his blood. And Romans chapter 10 verse 9 says that we must confess him as Lord in order to be saved. The question is whether you're submitting to his process of sanctification. Hasn't your life changed since you professed Christ? And aren't you diligently cooperating with the Holy Spirit that reflects Jesus's image? Well, I hope so. Amen. There is a joy in knowing God without a doubt. Okay, let's get some wisdom. Let's get some more. A gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make tempers flare. The tongue of the wise makes knowledge appealing, but the mouth of a fool belches out foolishness. The Lord is watching everywhere, keeping his eye on both the evil and the good. Gentle words are a tree of life, and a deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. Only a fool despises a parent's discipline, and whoever learns from correction is wise. There is treasure in the house of the godly, but the earnings of the wicked bring trouble. The lips of the wise give good advice, and the heart of a fool has none to give. The Lord detests the sacrifice of the wicked, but he delights in the prayers of the upright. The Lord detests the way of the wicked, but he loves those who pursue godliness. Whoever abandons the right path will severely be disciplined. Whoever hates correction will die. Even death and destruction hold no secrets from the Lord. How much more does the human heart? Mockers hate to be corrected, so they stay away from the wise. And a glad heart makes a happy face. A broken heart crushes the spirit. A wise person is hungry for knowledge, 
while the fool feeds on trash. For the despondent, every day brings trouble. For the happy heart, life is a continual feast. It is better to have little with the fear of the Lord than to have great treasure and inner turmoil. Just saying. A bowl of vegetables with someone you love is better than a steak with someone you hate. A hot-tempered person starts fights. A cool-tempered person stops them. A lazy person's way is blocked with briars, but the path of the upright is an open highway. Sensible children bring joy to their father, and foolish children despise their mother. Foolishness brings joy to those with no sense, and a sensible person stays on the right path. Plans go wrong for lack of advice, and many advisors bring success. Everyone enjoys a fitting reply, and it's wonderful to say the right thing at the right time. The path of life leads upward for the wise. They leave the grave behind. The Lord tears down the house of the proud, but he protects the property of widows. The Lord detests evil plans, but he delights in pure words. Greed brings grief to the whole family, but those who hate bribes will live. The heart of the godly thinks carefully before speaking. The mouth of the wicked overflows with evil words. The Lord is far from wicked, but he hears the prayers of the righteous. A cheerful look brings joy to the heart. And good news makes for good health. If you listen to constructive criticism, you will be at home among the wise. If you reject discipline, you only harm yourself. But if you listen to correction, you definitely grow in understanding. Fear of the Lord teaches wisdom and humility precedes honor. Amen. Stay right there. We'll be right back. Pray with me and Joni Tada. Father, I know you have the power to change my painful circumstances. And I asked you to do that if you will. I don't know who this is for, but please receive it. If you are calling me to walk through this trial, then I ask you to show me the actions I need to take to reduce my anxious fears and feelings so that I can focus on your presence and your peace could be talking to me. <laughs> I'm planning a trip and it is stressful, but I am going to focus on God's presence and his peace. Thank you, Father, 
for giving us a way to navigate the sometimes difficult pathways and through this temporary broken world. I think of Paul's words that we are puzzled, but never in despair, persecuted, but we never have to stand it alone. We may be knocked down, but we are never knocked out. I may walk in pain, but I also walk in grace. Lord Jesus, here I am knocking on your door, needing to borrow your courage. You know very well that I have none of my own. If you loan me your courage and your endurance, then I won't be afraid for this challenge and maybe others will seek you out because I did. Amen. Lord God, you are the great judge of the universe. You are also my father. When I am puzzled or perplexed, when I feel under attack by cursing voices, you invite me to come to you. And when I pour out my heart, you show your love by listening to me and then praise your name. You act on my behalf. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for everything. Amen. Lord Jesus, I do run to you right now. I've had enough of trying to hide. As best as I know how, I open my life, I open my thoughts, my words, and my actions to your inspection. Let me repeat that. I open my life, I open my thoughts, I open my words, and I open my actions to your inspection. Forgive me, Lord, and heal me, Lord, I pray, because I need you today more than ever. Amen. Let's now have the Lord whisper in our ears. This is a great book called He Whispers Your Name by Cherie Hill. Though you may be tempted to believe, this is not the end. Your heartache and hard times are not without purpose. Everything I allow is for your good. I know it's hard to trust me on that. Though you find yourself in a pit of destruction, I've promised to bring you out. Know that I will do whatever is necessary to set you free from the bondage of despair that consumes you. Though you might be tempted to act within your own resources, your best course of action is to run to me. Turn completely to me and rely on me for your every need. I always have your best interests in mind. I only ask that you turn your worry into worship and beckon me through praise 
and prayer. Trust that I will do exactly what is necessary to fully heal your broken heart and bring joy out of your pain. There is no tear wasted or unnoticed. I collect each one. And in due time, I will bring beauty from the ashes of your failed expectations of life. Though you're weary and losing hope now, I am working all things together for good. And when I have, you'll be firm in faith, lacking nothing. Psalm 40, listeners, verse 2. He brought me up out of the pit of destruction, out of the miry clay, and he set my feet upon a rock, making my footsteps firm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you on this February day. And from Pray More. Acts 10, verse 35. But in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. As we interview for a new position, which do we fear more? That they won't hire us or that we'll get the job? Their offer means new responsibilities and often new co-workers, which might be scarier than being turned down for the job. Acceptance by this world is threefold. It's usually based on proper behavior, pleasing appearance, and a positive attitude. One off day brings the anxiety that those who witnessed our angry outbursts will no longer accept us. Is it any wonder we sometimes fear it? Paul's persecution of the Christians before heading to Damascus was acceptable by his peers. Then he was beaten, he was stoned and imprisoned by some of those same people for preaching the salvation of the Lord Jesus Christ. He chose God's acceptance over the world and encourages us to make that same choice. If we turn our fear of acceptance into a fear of the Lord, then he will reckon to us as righteousness. Amen. Loving Father, thank you for accepting us just as we are. Amen. Alleluia. Don't ever have a fear of acceptance from the Lord. He already accepts us. And whom shall I fear?
Continue to do your acts of kindness. I know many of you are because I know myself as I'm driving around town and seeing people in need or distress. Woo! My heart is just being drawn to them. I literally am pulling over on the side of the road to ask and offer help. And by the way, sometimes the homeless person just wants a pack of cigarettes. Something to get them through their day, their pain. So today is a new day. And I want you to think of new ways that you can help your neighbor. And remember, a kind smile brings joy to someone's heart. God bless you. Bye for now.